0: You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. This is episode number 133. I'm your host Christian Babcock and I am joined by uh I'm Jake from the last episode. My name's Jake. How you doing, Jake?
1: Oh, you know, could have been better, could have been better.
0: Always could be better, I guess. No. Are I'm you doing, are you yeah, doing right. Are you doing better now that deer season's going to roll roll off the edge of the earth in this weekend and now you're not going to have to worry about it anymore?
1: After this weekend, even though it's like already hopeless in a way it's just like it there's always that weight lifted off your shoulder even though i'm almost like pretty much already done it's just like once the season officially ends it's like i don't feel obligated it's go? just like even if i wanted to i couldn't so
0: legally 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 yeah Unless you want to go charles bay on it but yeah oh god drop that, me off that'll make a good set of rattling horns <laughs> that's funny what we're we going to talk yeah. about today well, we're going to talk about um, some recent hunts that we went on. We almost forgot to talk about these, but we did some late season hunting in Kansas. Um, this could be our last Hunt Talk episode of the year. I'm actually going to go try to shoot some does this weekend. I hope it's not the last one, but yeah. Um, oh, so we had that giant cold freeze across the country. What was it? Two it's and called and a a half weeks- Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A squall. <laughs> That's a squall.
1: learned a new word.
0: So. Yeah. Lauren told me you shouldn't be going hunting in the middle of a squall or a snow squall. I was like, first of all, what does that even mean? I've never heard that word in my life. Apparently it's a large amount of snow. You learn something new every day. But that was uh, the week of Christmas. We, uh, we wanted to do some late season hunting in Kansas. For you guys that don't know, Kansas actually closes at the end of the year. So December 31st, Kansas season cuts off and we're used to be able to go to January 15th. So it also opens a little earlier, so that's okay. But, yeah, we had that massive snowstorm. The temperatures got down into the negative 20s, I think. Is that right?
1: Uh, so, yeah, it get down to, like, the negative single digits, but
0: the uh, wind chill is in the negative 20s. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um. So Jake and I decided, like, we've done a lot of hunting in Kansas this year. Dude, more than I care to even think about that we've done to We did so much on in Kansas this year. Um, but we did a ton of early season, a good amount during the the uh, early, season, early part of the rut. So we decided, hey, one last hoorah. Let's put on our boots and let's go try in Kansas. Uh, what were you expecting in Kansas? Because, by the way, every one of my family members is like, there's no way you're going to Kansas today. You'll die on the roads. And we're like, <laughs> no, we'll give it a try. <laughs> yeah it uh
1: if we were filming the the way there i don't know if you got any clips of us driving up there but oh i definitely literally we could probably sell that to ram and they'd pay us big bucks to make a commercial for him because it was it did good it did good uh but yeah we got up there we had to drive like half the speed limit the whole time but it was it was cold like i think i think that was the coldest i think i've ever been not like at least for like the wind hitting the face and like the bare spots, of the skin. I was like, I don't think I've ever felt this before because when we were kids, me and you went hunting at the Ponderosa. Do you remember that time? And you shot a doe and it was like negative one or two, I think, but there was like hardly any wind and no still way, yet yeah. I was freezing my arse. Yeah. My arse off. But then again, I didn't have all the clothes that we have now. And so, uh, we were basically out there looking like the Michelin man, and we told each other back then. We were like, first thing that moves, we're going to shoot, and we're going to get the heck out of here.
0: Yeah, and, and, and we held to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: first doe. Uh, it was back behind us. And Christian was up to bat. and But the thing was, is like the rifle or the way the doe was positioned, and Christian was on like my right side. And so he was like, you got to duck. And then, of course, he just swung the gun over. And I was just kind of like, I couldn't even look, but I was just ducking. You know how, uh, if a you a good were friend, familiar, does. <laughs> yeah. If you're familiar with like how the buddy stand works, and if you were ignorant enough to like, okay, we weren't doing it like unsafe, I'm just to throw that out there.
0: Yeah. I have to but, make that. like, clean. yeah,
1: I had to get out of the way. And then, uh, I wasn't able to watch the the shot. As soon as he shot, I was like, did you hit it? Cause if, cause it, even if you didn't, like, we're going to leave. it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. Back to Kansas. Uh, when we got out there, what we had to do is we dressed up and then we got so cold dressing up like our hands and stuff. Like, cause we got to zip everything and tie everything. Uh, I kept the truck running. And so after we got all uh, bundled up, we had to sit back in the truck for like five minutes. And I know all those Northern people in the U S are probably like, Oh, you know, Oklahomans are sissies. We got negative 20. Well, listen here, there's something called humidity and we got a whole lot of it down here. And I don't know if, because kind of like when you say in Colorado, when when you've been down there skiing before with your uh, in-laws. in-laws, yeah,
0: there's a different ty- type of cold, right? It's like a dry cold. Like when you get on the slopes, <laughs> you're also moving quite a bit, so it's probably a little bit different. But when you get on the slopes, it can be five or ten degrees, and you can be in like one thermal T-shirt and be like pretty decent if you're walking around and stuff. The In Kansas, it was just different like you step out of the car and like bare skin. If the wind hits your bare skin, you're like, that's going to fall off. Like it just, it hurts to get hit by the wind. So like, Oh yeah. You're walking and you're just like trying to hide your face behind things. It's not like that when you're skiing and stuff, it's not like that in the other climates. I'm sure you can die just as easily, but oh, it was sure. not as enjoyable. It was not very enjoyable. to walk. But out in the wind
1: was ripping when we went. Oh, it was ripping. It was, it was pretty bad. So, uh, our plan was to hang in a saddle, but we were like, "Listen, if we have gloves to even like, if we have to take off our gloves to whether it be to wrap the uh, the shikars around the tree or uh, hang,
0: hang the our platform,
1: yeah, hang the platform or whatever it may be, it's just like our fingers going to get cold, and even if we have hot hands, it's just going to be uncomfortable. So what we did is we dragged the blind out there, and we we're like, we're just going to try to. Shoved up into the thicket as far as possible, and just kind of overlooked the field, and hopefully uh, we can find a place that has you know the standing beans still relatively close to the edge, and that's kind of what we did. And we even even though it was blizzarding, we still tried to play the wind a little bit. And but uh, on the way, Christian decided to drop the mic.
0: No, uh, no, we got so we got these new um, clip-on mics, and they kind of record directly into the camera. And I had one clipped on me and I had one clipped on Jake. And Jake was like, like setting all the seats in the blind down. And he was like, I looked at him. I was like, where's your mic? He's like, it's in my shirt. I was like, let's check real quick. And you checked <laughs> it. like It wasn't in there. And we're like freezing. And the more cold you get, the more pissed off you get. And I'm like, all right, let's look for it. Let's go retrace our steps. Well, we had like walked zigzag and stuff you dang near walked all the way back to the truck looking for this mic because it's yeah. like a $300 microphone and we haven't used it one time. We only use like one time and you got, you got like all the way back to the truck and I found it has a magnet on it. It was mag- magnetized to the bottom of one of the chairs.
1: <laughs> I was well, like, the thing was is I was, I was looking like a dang pack mule because I had, I didn't strap anything. Well, I wouldn't even wear a backpack because you had a backpack on your had all the camera gear and stuff in there. So I was like, I don't need to bring a backpack. The smart thing to do would have been to strap like the lawn chairs to my backpack and then just carry in the blind. But instead I was just trying to carry everything and everything was fumbling. And then I was trying to reset situate it, whether it be thrown over my shoulder or bear hugging it or whatever it might have been. But yeah, I guess in the process it kind of, it kind of got thrown around a little bit, but nonetheless we found it and we got set up and, within like two minutes of being set up. Hold on.
0: Before we talk about that, let's zoom out just, just a second. Yes. What? So late season, everybody thinks food. That's what they're going to immediately think when we're talking about where we're hunting. Um, coldest day we've ever hunted coldest day. We may ever hunt, especially with the windchill. I hope so. (laughs) What was (laughs) Oklahoma? I got, I hope so. Um, what was the strategy on what we were trying to target and hit, um based on these late season patterns we know deer are going to be hitting food but what, what were you trying to do so what i was trying to do
1: and i don't know if this is kind of what you're wanting to talk about i was trying to go to a different spot that was probably an hour and a half further north of where we actually ended up hunting but because of the snow squall uh we were like listen it's going to take us an extra 30 45 minutes just to get to this spot and then it, the way the weatherman said. Uh, everything everything's supposed to play out is it's supposed to be even worse after dark so it's just like there's a very little chance of us getting home from what the news was saying but uh so so we decided to go an hour closer uh to where we live or where i live where you were visiting and uh and hunt there but yeah we were trying to hunt the food source and then other than that i mean this was what? a spot that historically
0: had success yeah, historically a friend of a friend i was gonna say i gotta give a round of applause for kansas parks and wildlife for leaving a bunch of standing beans that was very nice of them okay, they left sure. like so kansas one th- the one of the biggest differences that i noticed about kansas as soon as we started hunting up there was like their ag program that they had on public ground oh like, it's kick it's, it's bad it's awesome bone. like every not every field there's a lot of fields that weren't but you're going to be able to find good standing beans in the fir- early part of September, and the good thing is, the late part of the season, they don't just go and murder them down to the ground and cut them down to nothing. They leave strips mm-hmm. for the deer, and you know what? They better when you're paying six hundred dollars <laughs> yeah, for a That's piece. what I'm saying. <laughs> like I, I'm like, I want my six hundred to go to a strip of beans right they here. Better Thank hang my you. damn stand for me, you know? <laughs> yeah, but no, they have a fantastic ag program, and I we knew like, hey. If we can find some food, if these deer don't want to freeze to death in a bed, they're gonna have to get up and eat. And thankfully, when we stepped out in the field, we're like, okay, there's a lot of stra- standing beans here. Let's get it. Yeah. yeah. So now you can now you can get into what we were what we were doing.
1: Yeah, that's definite uh confidence booster. But yeah, we finally got everything situated. And the way I am, the grass is always greener on the other side. And so the whole time, and I think you even said something, you were like, listen, it's not gonna matter whether we move the the blind. Ten yards or not, you know whether we're going to be successful or not. And the whole time I was like, "Man, I think we need to move. Just kind of tuck it back there. That way we can see a little bit further to the right, just in case something comes." Like that's the way my mind works. And then all of a sudden we just see like nine doe, and then this giant buck, like four hundred yards across this field, eating beans. And I and and I turned and I was like, "Yeah, we're not moving."
0: I I hadn't even I was like still getting my camera situated on the tripod. And Jake like Jake's like there's a deer, and if anyone knows Jake, your eyesight's not good. So if you can see, I it, there glasses must be now. I'm okay, just saying there must have been 2020 a lot with of deer. those suckers on, boy. <laughs> there must have been a lot of deer. Oh, there was. In the field, and Jake's like there's a there's some deer. Like oh, one of them's a buck. One of them's a big buck. And of course, I like drop the camera. I'm like
1: <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my binos out. You accidentally like breathe into your binos and the lens freezes, and you're like, damn it.
0: Yeah, no, but you were right. Um. That was a, a fantastic buck. Late season, might as well have been a 200-incher. I would argue that was one of the biggest deer we've seen all year. Frame-wise, for sure. Yeah. Describe that buck for us. Because, by the way, those does look bigger than a lot of Oklahoma bucks I've seen. They look like squares.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, were huge. Uh, they They definitely didn't have a bean shortage throughout the year, for sure. Uh, But, uh, no, that buck, immediately you could tell it was a buck, A, because of the body, and then B, it's just like, I think I see like a silhouette or like the resemblance of a rack. And when I threw up my binos, I was like, there's no shrinkage whatsoever. Because this, it was just like a big old, I think he's a mainframe eight. And of course he was a ways out there, but I didn't get a good look at the eye guards or even if he had any, but that man was probably, I don't even know
0: how wide, like at least 20 inches wide. See, I, uh, I hate throwing those terms out because people are like, Oh yeah, I bet 20 inches wide. No, no, I'm always like, I know oh, that deer is like 20 inches wide. And then I hold it. I'm like 17. Well, I killed a buck that was 19 and a quarter. This buck was wider than that for sure. Like he was he wide was at awesome. his tips. Yeah. Yep. I, what I noticed about him was good. eye guards, good twos, um, a good three on one side. And then the other three was maybe four inches, a little shorter than the other one. But you know, just to me was like a textbook picture of what a hundred and thirty-ish inch eight looks like. Great. Buck. Beautiful,
1: beautiful thing to see like two minutes into the hunt, especially when it's
0: like super, super cold. It's like worth it. Immediately worth it. <laughs> yeah. You got that instant feedback. But those deer were kind of working a I would call it just like a almost like a landing strip. It's just a very thin strip of timber in between two bean fields. And um they were they were getting after it uh on that side and they weren't gonna move very far no no i'm pretty sure like when they first came out
1: they only worked with probably 30 maybe 40 yards and then they tucked back into the timber which they were there for quite a while
0: yeah and and there was we noticed kind of when we were sitting there there was different bucks peeking in and out like there'd be like a little six point come out and then i think there was like a couple basket racks eights we saw three or four different bucks i I think i we counted it up we saw over over i was like 15 or 20 deer that evening it was a fantastic evening it was good it was it was really really good um we we did have one really close call (laughs) really close call you're like there's a, like what was it probably well it scared me more than anything because
1: i was like of course like yeah it was like probably 20 30 minutes before dark and i just happened to look to my left because for the most part christian was looking out kind of on the right side in the field and we were kind of positioned where we could possibly, uh, shoot into the timber a little ways. And so I was just kind of scanning that pretty religiously. And, uh, and all of a sudden right between like the timber and like this tall grass area, not tall grass. It was like, uh, the Cocker And, uh, I'm just saying a little side note. I've never seen cockaburs that damn tall. Cause oh like they gosh. were like
0: nipple high. And at they first, looked I was like, like they oh, were planted yeah. intentionally.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because across the field, I was like, Oh, you know, uh, there's some pretty good beans over there. And then you get over there and it's like, these are cock which again, my eyesight ain't very good. But, uh, anyways, he was like kind of roaming around on the outskirts of those. And of course, with the low hanging limbs and all that stuff, I, I didn't know buck doe could have been anything, but I just seen a little bit of movement. And I was like, right there, right there, right there. And I threw my by up and got your attention and seen it was a spike. And then our mindset going in was anything that pops out, especially it being this cold, Uh, we're going to try to take a stab at. But I had a little bit of mixed feelings on that.
0: It was four. So it was four days before the end of the season. Jake had already, we already handshake deal that Jake's like, I'm not coming (laughs) back. He was trying to convince Peyton to go with us too. But I was like, listen, I'll go with you. But this is the last time I'm going. You're like, it doesn't matter. This is the last time I'm going too. So, and you always do this. We always do this before Hans. You said spike, forky, big eight, doe. I don't care. You got to hype each other up. (laughs) He said, "I'm shooting whatever comes out first one. You're like, I'm I'm gonna fill this tag. Spike comes out. Jake immediately is immediately after seeing that big eight and all them doze. He's like, no, I gotta wait. Something could be behind it. I'm like, and I'm over in the back like, shoot,
1: shoot. Yeah, you already had the shoot. camera rolling. Like, here we go, here we go.
0: <laughs> no. I mean, why not? That's that's how I looked at it. I was uh, like, I mean, should you shoot a spike? Probably not. In in that situation though, I it would have been cool to harvest a deer and the
1: Yeah, it would have. But if I if that thing would have actually came in, spoiler alert, it didn't come in. But uh if that thing would have actually came in, I and if I would have shot it, I would have walked up to it and I'd have been like, That was fun. But damn, did you see that eight across the field immediately? <laughs> that would have been the talking point. Right. And uh so I, I mean I just didn't want to do that. And uh yeah, so it kind of I don't know if it's seen us or just seen the blind flapping in the wind. And we're just like, I don't think so. And it kind of ran towards the middle of the field and kind of just wandered out of our lives after that. And that kind of wrapped up the first evening.
0: Yeah. That, that one probably got 70 ish yards from us and mm-hmm. he was, he was gone after that. And we got back to the truck, um, <sighs> took about 40 minutes to unthaw Went and got some Taco Bell. And I was like, well, that was a pretty successful hunt. You know, oh, were for we sure? Would we have been going up there for a three or a four day trip? I, I would have felt extremely confident uh, for the next few days based on that intel we were able to get. But it was just one of those kind of one and done's. And,
1: but well, the story's not back. over.
0: I was about to say, uh, you, you decided to go back solo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I that was the day after, too. Yeah. Because and, you had a Christmas, so you couldn't come back. And then I tried to talk Peyton into it, and Peyton's like, no
0: nah. so Which what were you also what were you thinking on you, you you obviously had a strategy going back uh the second time based on what we had learned on the first trip what were you thinking that these deer did wrong or somewhere that you think you could like plug in and kind of capitalize on what they were doing
1: so i'm pretty sure the only reason we didn't set were I assume the deer came out because you were talking about, you were kind of wanting to like set up over here or you were wanting to set up over here because it's kind of where almost the majority of the thicket. uh, It was almost like a pretty good little pinch point right there. And you were wanting to set up, but the way the wind was blowing, it wouldn't have been a good idea. So we set up across that field. Well, when we were over there and where all those deer came out, the big buck or that big eight or whatever came out, there was like this uh, landmark tree. It was a big old, I don't know what kind of tree it was. It
0: looks like a cottonwood. It was huge. Yeah, it was. It wasn't on the river, river, so right? I don't think it was a cottonwood, but that sucker was huge.
1: Yeah. And uh, so we kind of mapped that or dropped a pin there on OnX, And just in case I went back the next morning, which I didn't. Uh, but the next evening, I went there and kind of same strategy. It was still super, super cold and pretty dang windy. So I was like, I'm not going to hang in a saddle. I'm not that much of a man. And so I drugged the blind there and I actually got it positioned fairly well. Uh, like it was a lot more tucked in than I could have asked because when I first went there, I was like, listen, I'm going to try to set up this blind on the edge and if that don't work, I'm just going to set on the ground because uh, it looks super, super thick over there. And besides that big old, let's say it was cottonwood, besides that big old land, landmark cottonwood, the rest of the trees kind of look pretty immature. So even if I wanted to set in the saddle, I feel like I felt at the time it would have been too thick. But uh, anyways, I got it nice and tucked in and I was actually pretty proud of it because it was like super windy and I didn't have any stakes like that would have mattered. And I tucked it un- like pretty far in there and it was underneath some like low hanging limbs. So with the wind blowing and stuff, it like stayed fairly still, but uh, it kind of tore it up a little bit, ripped some holes and stuff. And yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I probably get out there like 2.30 or 3, and it gets dark at like 5.30 because I'm not going to sit out there very long
0: trying to think what happened. You had to put your foot on the blind, bow on the blind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: So the way I positioned, it was like probably 40 or 50 yards on the right side of that big old landmark tree on where they came out at because we were thinking that when we first saw them, it was just a little bit, maybe 30 yards to the right of that landmark tree. And I was like, I don't want to be too close, especially in a blind that just now got popped up. So if I can get him like 40, 50 yards when they first came out, then I would feel really comfortable about that. I don't know about the shot so much because, you know, late season, you haven't been shooting your bow as much uh, because you've been hunting. So like that's kind of iffy. But if this was to even give me a chance, I was like, I need to be at the 40, 50 yard mark, I would think. So that's what I did. And uh, early in the day, I can kind of see across the field. And where I walked in at, I seen probably six or six or seven does just kind of run from where uh that thicket we were sitting in front of to basically where my truck was. Mm. And uh that's all I saw seeing of them. And then uh about about 45 minutes before dark, I see like this head kind of peeking around this little bush right on the edge of the timber and I'm like, "Oh, there's a deer." And so I'm kind of like getting in position, I scoop my uh, chair to the very corner and uh, because I was thinking it's going to be in the corner where I can kind of see and as soon as I see a deer I'm just going to drop down on my knees because the way the blind was positioned I had to be on my knees to like be able to draw back and have enough room for all that stuff and so I was kind of getting everything ready and but the thing was as soon as I realized it was a doe I put my bow back down and that wind is really starting to pick up at this point so what I did is I used my bow to kind of almost hold my blind down a little bit and, uh, me, I'm shooting the thorn, uh, broad crown. Yeah. Yeah. And they got a little fixed blade that looks absolutely vicious with, and it's called the crown. And it just has like a whole bunch of like little blades that like spiral down that thing.
0: It's got like eight little, if you counted them <laughs> off each end, it's got like eight little blades and they like catch on anything. Yeah. yeah.
1: Your fingers, especially, i've cut myself <laughs> but uh yeah so i was sitting there watching that one doe and then sooner or later that one dough turned into two dough and then turned into three dough, and i was like that's that same group that's that same group like i'm feeling super good about it because maybe if they just decide to like work down like my way potentially and which they never did but uh the sun was starting to go down. And at this point I was like, you know, maybe I can like get out and like kind of hug the edge of this timber and possibly like try to scoot up maybe 20, 30 yards and make a shot on one of these does. And as I was thinking about that and just kind of watching them uh, and I don't have any footage of this because within five minutes of recording, my camera was dead. Cause it was so cold.
0: Oh, so hard to keep. The oh yeah. Alive.
1: <laughs> but, uh, Oops. So, yeah, I was sitting there watching those dough, and then I don't know. It was, it, it was, it had to have been like maybe 15 minutes before dark. And all of a sudden, I see movement fairly close to my blind because the way the blind's positioned, it's like tucked up into the thick stuff. And so it has to be really close for you to kind of see in uh like through that thicket. Except if you look directly up my right window, you can probably see 20, 30 yards. And there's like this little hill that has like this little, it's like a little, the top of like a little embankment, like a little washed out Creek. <laughs> and, uh, anyways, I see movement and it's like 10, 15 yards from my blind, like in the thicket directly in front of me. And so immediately, I don't know what it is buck doe, but at the point I, I really didn't care. Cause anything was hopefully getting arrow flung at it. I dropped down on my knees fairly quickly and I was trying to like pick up my bow. Well, when I said I, use my bow to kind of like hold down the blind a little bit. I guess when the flap, like the window flap was inside the blind, it was like kind of flapping on my broad head. And I didn't realize this, but it got like completely twisted around the broadhead, and it was tangled like good. And so as I was reaching for my bow, I was like, damn it. So I set my bow down and I was using both hands to kind of like trying to peel off uh, that window flap. And I know it, it sounds made up because like, it's just the most unfortunate situation. And, uh, so like, as I'm doing that, this deer is like, I don't know if he sees me like drop down on my knees real quick or what, but like, he's moving fast. And so I'm trying to move fast too. Cause my fear was, he's just going to run out into the field, like trot out his way out in the field and then just not leave me with a shot. So I was trying to act quick. Well, he got to the edge of that timber and, uh, yeah, he got to the edge of that timber, like half of his body was probably sticking out of the uh, that tree line. And he just looks directly at the blind because it's sitting there kind of like halfway flapping. Uh, He's just staring in my soul like literally 10, 15 yards. And he came out of a place where I wasn't expecting him to come out. 10 or
0: 15 yards. Literally,
1: I, like I promise That you, is so close on the ground, by the way. I too. know. That's it, one thing out of a tree. A brand new blind, too. Just He's probably out. like. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't think he noticed it until he was like. I think he was going to like trot up to the tree line and then you know how those bucks do just kind of like what, like watch for a second watch the field, kind of scan, see what's going on before they step out. And I think that's what he was doing, but he was directly broadside 10, 15 yards. Like, I'm not kidding. Like maximum, maximum distance, like 20 yards, if that, because when I was sitting up my blind, I kind of walked up, uh, up and down that little tree line, probably 30, 40 yards, just looking for like a hot trail that they, that they could possibly use. And then I kind of based how far I was going to set up my blind off that. And, uh, and of course there was snow on the ground. So I was just looking for the biggest trail. Like there's footprints everywhere, but I was just like, okay, I just got to base it off something. It's going to be this. And, uh, anyways, long story short, I'm sitting there trying like messing with the flap, trying to get it untangled. Well, he's, he like runs out there, stops, looks at me because he sees the black, the blind moving. And at this point, I'm just, like, stopping and just, like, staring at him. And he kind of, like, starts turning super slowly and then trots, like, five, ten yards back into the thicket, and I still have a shooting lane at this point. <laughs> and finally, I, like, I I get it untangled, but by the time I get it untangled, he's already kind of, like, halfway, like, fast walking around me. And it looks like he's going to try to, like, wrap around me to try to uh, win me, just kind of see what I am, like, because he's not really scared. But uh, on the right side end of the thicket, I just have, like, a little slit out of my window. I don't have it open at all. And he's still probably 25-ish yards away. And uh, so instead of, like, trying to open the window and spook him, you know, just try to get a shot, I just sat there and watched him just walk, like, 25 yards away. And if the window was down and he wasn't looking or anything, I could have drawn a shot if mm. the opportunity gave itself, but I just didn't. Cause I was like, you know what? This is like,
0: it's already, it's already over with. Describe this deer though. What?
1: Um, never said what so what he head was,
0: this dude was rocking his headgear, He was rocking
1: like a, I mean, he was just still a mainframe eight. At first I thought it was that same buck, but he didn't look as wide to me. And he had very nice times. You know, one thing I do remember is his eye guards and he had, he had solid eye guards. Like, I think he was, I mean, I think he was, like, probably a mid-120s eight. That's what I would say. It's
0: a big eight-pointer.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I would have been happy with him for sure.
0: Mm, that hurts. But, I mean, that's kind of the summation of a lot of things that have happened this season. Like, we we talk about that segment that we've done. We've done a few videos of it, but close, no, but no cigar. The Hunter's Advantage Podcast is powered by Out on a Limb Manufacturing. Out on a Limb is a family owned company based right here in Oklahoma that makes tree stands, saddle platforms, climbing sticks, and so much more.
1: Christian, I have a quick question. What's that? What bites sound harder, a hippo or an alligator? No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them. But all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want
0: and hunt where the deer actually are. Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you wanna support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to Out on a mfg.com and use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you want to support the podcast, go to outonalimmfg.com and use code H-N-T-A-10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to admit situations like that, but just like we were talking about on the last podcast with Pate, it's like, dude, 99% of the time, it doesn't work. Like, it just works a few times. If it works... 3 times a season and you capitalize on 3 bucks that would be a fantastic season. This was just one of those instances where it just just didn't come together. And that you had the right plan. I mean putting yourself 10 to 15 yards from a buck like that, that's that's all you can ask for.
1: Yeah, and like that's kind of the reason I didn't like flip out whenever he didn't just immediately take off running and when he was walking that little the top of that little embankment I was just like, I mean, at this point, as soon as I seen my broad head wrapped and all that stuff, and I knew I probably couldn't get it out. I was like, you know what? This just sums up kind of my season right now. Like, I'm not like, I wasn't even mad to be honest. And because usually, you know how it goes. If I like get frustrated, like after a hunt, you're usually the first person I call. And like, you can, I guess you can send me an invoice for all your therapy, <laughs> therapy. sessions. But yeah, uh, I, I didn't even call you. Cause I was like, you know what? It's like, at this point, it's just another hunt. And, uh, I mean, there was literally nothing else I could have done about it except possibly brought stakes and staked it down instead of trying to hold the blind down with, like, my bow. Good luck when it's negative 20 degrees. Yeah, see, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Good luck putting a
0: stake in the ground. (laughs) I don't know very many people
1: who would, like, literally carry a blind to public and set it up just so they can hunt comfortably. Comfortably. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. And uh, words are hard. Listen.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hold on. There was a guy at my work the other day. He messed up the same word four times and he goes, sorry guys, first day with my new tongue. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It was was Uh, hilarious. He just, he He, was trying to make the best of the situation. He also was grabbing an image on a PowerPoint slide and the image wouldn't move. And he he goes, come out of there, you pig.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is he had, I mean, he doesn't have an excuse. I got kicked in the head. So (laughs) dude, to me
0: so <laughs> and he's Canadian, so he has a little bit of an accent. He's like, Come out of there, you pig! Oh my god, I started laughing with my mic unmuted, and he goes, What's so funny? I was like, Dude, you just called that image a pig, and he's like, Yeah, that is kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so we, was, was there a moment where you were like, Hey, I should quit messing with this arrow and grab another one out of the quiver? Uh, no, no, like, be, like I that, said, like, like
1: that, 10 to 15 yards any movement any more movement than i was doing like i I was thinking i could get away with it because a it was already like plus the time situation and how close he was so i was trying to minimize my movement and then also uh like i knew i probably didn't have enough time to like undo that and then get another one out and so i was like you know what if this comes off it comes off great but i mean 10 to 15 yards there's no movement whatsoever
0: yeah yeah, that that's true. You just hope kind in that situation, the best thing you can do is hope that your blades are sharp enough to like rip through the blind and just See, cut it all. And they but, weren't though.
1: I mean, they could have been because I never like yanked because I was like, listen, if I yank this like my luck, this whole blind will start like flapping because any wrong angle and that and that wind started coming up from under the blind, it probably would have just flipped the whole blind up on top of me. And then that deer really would have went away.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Man, I, uh, it was just a crappy circumstance that like, I mean, there was nothing literally I could have done about it except holding my bow the whole time.
0: That, that happens. I mean, that happened to us a couple of times in the early season with good deer too, you know, like that 140 incher that you said came in on you with your first day in your saddle. And then I had that deer at 58 yards, you know, he just standing directly behind a tree. Sometimes there's just circumstances that like to be honest with you, what saved that deer's life is he came in too close. Yeah. No, think about, think about like coming so close to something dangerous that that's what saves your life. Not coming in far away, coming in too close is like, Oh, I got him so close. If he moves, I'm running. Well, that's the thing, dude. Like when he
1: first stopped and like seen me, if I would have had my bow, like I probably could have like drawn back. And even if he would have like did that little turn, like he, like he did, uh, and trotted five, 10 yards. Like I still could have hit that shot. Because yeah. at, at that point he was what, maybe 25, 30? Like, oh, I mean, but that's that's the thing. But if he would have came out maybe even 10 extra yards, like because I t- I anticipated him coming out like maybe 35, 40 yards, to be honest. And maybe mm-hmm. it, it would have taken him a little bit more time and maybe I would have had or at the time thought I could have moved a little bit more. But I mean, that close and that quick, it's just like
0: you're you're dumbfounded it's kind of like handcuffs that put you I, i've used that terminology before and people always ask me what i mean when they come in so close it's like handcuffs like they freeze you like elsa like you can't mm. move like they're so close that you're like how am i even gonna draw my if i danned do, if, draw you do my bow, if you don't yeah. yeah it's like if i don't draw my bow they're gonna walk away if i do draw my bow they're gonna run away which one would you rather have you yeah. know it's one yeah. of those situations
1: well, so oh go no go ahead no go ahead Oh, I was just going to say that that basically wrapped up that hunt. Like after, after he kind of ran, ran off, I unzipped the back because I was like, you know, he didn't like run off, run off. He walked that ridgeline, obviously stopping momentarily to like look at me. But I was like, because I had a buck do this last year uh, when I was sitting on the ground, it kind of handcuffed me. Like you were saying, because I was basically just leaned up against a tree, like with my shoulder and He came 15 yards, and again, I couldn't draw, couldn't do anything at the time. Well, he ran, and when he kind of ran off, he only ran off like 30 yards and turned to look back, and I just kind of kept quiet and kind of kept trying to grunt at him with the grunt tube. Well, the wind was blowing towards out of the east, and what he did is he just wrapped around. And by the time I realized, like, hey, that's possibly what he could have been doing, I seen him over to the left, and that's sure sure enough what he was doing. He was going downwind, and so – when that book kind of got out of there, but wasn't really spooked, I was like, well, maybe he'll kind of like pop out 30, 40 yards behind me a little bit. And so I unzipped that back thinking he was like going to come around and try to win. Yeah. And he, he never did.
0: Yeah. Um, man, that's about as much as you could ask for, for two sits. Like we had two sits and in the chips, like didn't work out obviously, but you know, getting in front of them is, half the battle. So we had a really good, you know, from the outside looking in, let's, you know, we killed 160 inches of bone. 110 of that was Peyton's buck <laughs> yeah. in Kansas. Um 52 of that was my buck. But we we really did have a good time in Kansas oh, for the sure. season. Like we we did a lot of uh we did a lot of learning and I really do think that we put ourselves in some situations and probably passed on some deer that we shouldn't have. And that's uh that's my lesson for the year in Kansas.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was kind of thinking about that. I was like, man, I would, I would go or I would apply for Kansas again, just to hunt like the early season because so at the time, Oh dude, early season was by far the best time. Now I didn't hunt much late season, but what, but I only went three times late season and each time I seen deer, but that's the thing. Like, and we could possibly take this to other like States, that resemble kansas in ways like obviously ag country and just try to hunt early kind of like you were saying hunt early or hunt late and like just basically leave the rut to those rut crazy people and only hunt the rut where we have the best chance which would be probably private
0: yeah i mean i think that's that's the right um approach but man we i learned a lot about a lot ag hunting this year this is really our first go at big ag i mean it was it was nice to go up there and be like, man, there's actually food here. Like I'm not hunting a, 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 a hay pasture or, yeah. you know, a cattle pasture. Like there was a lot of that too, but there was an abundance of crop. And what was really awesome was in the early and in the late season, it was like basically having tens of thousands of acres to yourself. It was like a playground, literally. you know, like no one else is going out when it's 78, nine, 80 degrees. That's the no best time to out go though. Negative 20.
1: You're literally like, okay, you might sweat a little bit walking in, but the thing is, let me tell you, you're walking on flat ground. Oh, <laughs> okay. You're walking on flat ground, and chances are you're probably not going to be walking very far. And it's 70 degrees, so you might sweat a little bit walking in, setting up. But after that, man, you're in a t-shirt and you're hunting deer. Like that's pretty awesome.
0: What a what a good time. It is a good time. Yeah, Kansas was awesome. Um, I don't want to get into next season before this season even wraps up. But gosh dang, we're we we're towards the end of it, and Kansas maybe uh. Kansas may be receiving some more application dollars it'll yeah, yeah it it for sure will I think it was a fun it was a fun season in Kansas we got to hunt literally all three phases of the season early mid early rut, and the the end so to rate it out of ten and be and be very like conservative,
1: right like I don't think we've experienced a ten out of ten yet no. while hunting, so what do you rate? rank your time in Kansas out of 10.
0: A six or a seven, probably like re- I, I, I mean, realistically you have to, um, bake in that there's a ton of people there in the rut. That's probably going to be most places that are decent, but that's the reality. If you're hunting public land, um, the early in the late season, man, I had, I had a lot of fun there. Yeah. So let's
1: go a little, st- like one step further. I want you to rate early season, the rut, and then late season, all individually. So start The early the season, it was like an
0: 8 out of 10. Like, yeah. it was my second or third sit there. We had that mid-140s 10 come by you and come by me. When That, that was buck my came first evening there. Yeah, when that buck came out, I was like, man, I love Kansas. <laughs> like, it's like September 20th, and I'm looking at a mid-140s 250-pound deer. I was like, this is about to happen. Um, little did I know that you ran into it too, but I'd say an ad- 8 out of 10. The rut was... that Dude, that was probably a a 4 out of 10, 3 out of 10. The only reason I say that is I'd go lower. Of, yeah, the people. No, but I saw 160-inch deer. 160, 170-inch yeah. deer right next to public. So did you. You saw a mega right yeah. next to public too.
1: And on, on public, I guess I did see that big six in that one spot. You
0: did. I think... You take the people out of it. You can always say, oh, take the people out right. of it. You know, that's blowing smoke. But realistically speaking, you take the people out of it and give me free reign there. I'm, I'm rating that place like a 10 out of 10. There was one yeah. day that Carol saw 40 deer on public. Oh, that's the deer a, density is absolutely insane. Which, again, you
1: try to stack it next to like Ohio or somewhere, like places we never been. Like we don't know, but compared to like where we hunt in southern Oklahoma, like that public Oklahoma,
0: Texas, and Kansas. Kansas is the best density I've seen for sure. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Late season was also like I only hunted once in late season. You, I'm using some of your evidence in late season. Mm. That had to be an eight out of 10, too. Was, this was does fantastic. I mean, I mean, from the time we went, yeah, here.
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, I would say, I would say early season, I would give an eight and then. The rut just just based solely off of people, I would say like a two. Yeah, and then, and I, to be honest, like a two is generous because like, the, <laughs> dude, the people just ruined it, and I don't they know, did. I don't know how to express that where where people's not like, oh, whatever, like you just got to go where the people aren't.
0: Yeah, no, there's no no not,
1: not in this instance. <laughs> no, because we were in a place that was pretty darn remote, like didn't really have, like was probably forty five minutes to an hour to the like closest hotel basically where people yeah. could actually like uh spend their rut fairly comfortably without like camping and we were still running into people like even like there was one day i was like okay i want to go over here where we've kind of known there was people but it was like in the middle of the week and we're like listen people have to be taken off work and uh to basically be at the spot well i went there and i was like okay there was four cars there. I'm going to go wanna try this other spot. There was a car there. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to freaking wing it and just hunt this random spot. And long story short, when I was walking out there, I heard a dude rattle. And I was like, okay. So like, yeah, for sure. rut Two out of 10. Yeah. And then the late season, I only went three times. And again, we've seen deer all three times, but just from it being cold and like no one really wants to hunt, uh, I would, I'd give it like probably one down so i'd probably give it like a seven
0: yeah overall if i had to rate like kansas parks and wildlife department on their management of their land for the most part i would say like is fantastic like some of the best management i've seen like they take their plotting seriously there's water like and you even got stopped by one of the game wardens too i did and i appreciate that like that's part of the equation right like i got stopped by one of the game wardens um that was actually the day that I passed that mid one twenties eight eight point. I regret, but that was Man, that day.
1: The amount of times we've said like like a mid one twenties eight, people are probably like, dude, there's no way. Like these guys are seeing poping like obviously probably not like net poping young's.
0: Yeah, but gross, like though.
1: gross, like because hell, leave leave net's efficient, right? But uh we're being like like fairly accurate when we say like a mid mid 120s eight and we know that's like pretty darn big and but a big eight yeah yeah i mean i'm not trying to throw that
0: i'm not trying to throw that term around loosely because i know it takes probably what some people would consider a mid 140s eight to make 125 yeah um and i've got one that's 120 one that's 125 one that's 130 i know what a 125 inch eight looks like like that's textbook um and it's a lot bigger than a lot of people think it is but yeah, you got a 140s eight. No, no, I got a 125, a
1: 120, and a 131 eight. Oh, okay, yeah, I was, I was like, Holy
0: shit, got a <laughs> where is it? Damn, <laughs> so I wish. Funny, bro. yeah, um, no, but I was extremely impressed with Kansas, Kansas Parks and Wildlife. I got stopped by the game warden, nice as could be. Lauren was with me filming, she didn't have to have a license, they just told me it was that she couldn't point out deer for me. I was like, That's a weird rule, but whatever. Um, she couldn't even see the deer anyways so whatever (laughs) but no I appreciated that
1: why does that one look like Bambi's dad where
0: you know what's funny Um, (laughs) the uh, what was I going to say dude the roads in Kansas I promise you the roads on some of their WMAs are nicer than like Oklahoma highways like they're nice like white stone gravel like you're driving out there you're like this is nice like you're not like yeah. You know, it's just a great experience. If I could take two months off and and you know stay up there and hunt Kansas for two months, I'd love that. That'd be fantastic.
1: So looking back, and I don't know if we've already kind of discussed this uh on previous podcasts, but um what would you do differently for Kansas? Is there anything you would do differently that that you kind of regret or maybe you could Shoot the first 125
0: that walks by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you would agree with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Amen. No, I would, um, I would do it very similar um, to what we did, just choosing the times that we hunted a little more careful. Um, I would hunt a ton in the early season, you know, late part of October, I would taper off, which kind of sounds probably counterintuitive to most people, but the best times to hunt is where the most people are going to be hunting. And, I don't care to compete in that way. I love hunting public land. like people can say, Oh, we're going to go to private dude. I hunted private three times this year. I hunted public like 40 or 50. So I spent, we spent the majority of our year before or before the rut on public. Um, but no, I'd hunt the early season hard. I would hunt the late season hard and I'd have a little bit higher standards. You know, I think I got a little frustrated during the, uh, no, I'm saying with what no. I shot. fifty <laughs> Okay. okay <laughs> but, but, no, not a 50 inch, like 80 incher. I thought you were talking about like you wouldn't shoot like that that 120 80 scene. No. Man, um I've realized shooting deer is a very high part of the satisfaction of hunting. Go figure. So Crazy. I know it's nuts. Um I'll write that man, down. A 125 on public, that's a trophy. That's a that's a trophy. That's not something one that everybody can do, but it's just a trophy. That's awesome. I would love to shoot a one twenty five in public every year, even on Kansas. I think it gets in your head when you spend so much money and the the hype of Kansas kind of engulfs you. You know, like oh, there's a like you said in the video, the the mid one. It's like there's a one fifty behind every tree. Well, that's not right. True. That's not true. But there are a lot of deer and a lot of good deer too.
1: Yeah, it, but the thing is though, and I know I said this last podcast with Peyton, uh, it didn't help any when kind of like we were saying, like we were trying to hold out. We're trying to hold everybody accountable. You know, like we were, we were trying to be like, like one thirties is like the minimum we were trying to do. And then we had a guy down there that was, or a buddy, which, uh, JRs, we were staying at his house at the time. And he was seeing like one forties and potentially low one fifties deer. Like
0: not on regular
1: public though. No, no,
0: it wasn't,
1: (laughs) but, uh, but, even though you know he was passing deer like that and i was like listen if he's passing deer like that then we definitely got to hold out like why am i even questioning passing this 125 if he's passing 140s yeah get Won't that crap. again though. knock <laughs> that crap off right now
0: <laughs> no nah, never again never again. no no my my new motto is early and often like I just want to have so much fun shooting deer that I can have the same level of excitement on shooting a hundred incher and hundred and sixty incher, which never will probably happen. But I did have fun shooting the one I shot, you know what I mean? No, I it bet. Was, it was I don't regret that at this moment. Um, but no, it was it was good. I, I really enjoyed Kansas. Um we'll probably do it again. We'll try to do it again. See if we try. I want to try, try to put in for
1: like honestly next year. Yeah. In April, gonna Going to re re up it. That's what we're going to do, or at least try to do. And yeah, I know you were kind of wanting to do a different unit, but I learned a lot, so might as well take advantage of what we learned last year. And so I like I'm 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 leaning more towards like the same units, to be honest.
0: Well, we could mix and match though too. Like take one of the good units that we one of the units we liked, and then go to a different one. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. You know I like, drew up for two units? We right. could say, like, hey, I want to draw it for X unit now and Z unit instead of X and Y. Well, then if that's They the have case, to touch. They have to I touch. Want, the oh, thing. they do? Yeah. Okay, well, you know which unit I want.
1: Even though, even though that bean field's in that other unit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Damn. Well, These we can systems. talk about this off the podcast, I'm but... Not thank you guys for uh thank you guys for listening this this might be our last hunt talk of the year i'm gonna go hunt and try to fill i got three more doe tags in oklahoma gonna try to fill those on a buzzer beater hunt um this weekend hopefully i want to get some of that like behind the deer kill shot footage you know what i mean oh uh, yeah like get the exit of the pass through i think those are amazing and i had that gopro remote so and you're not worried about putting scent on a on like you know a feeder or anything when it's just dough so i think i might try to do that get a little fancy with it and try to do that'd that be, so that'd be cool that'd be a really Hopefully cool video the remote works i yeah hope so <laughs> um but anyways yeah thanks you guys thanks for listening to the podcast thanks for listening to us ramble and talk about hunting all season probably got one more hunt talk episode for you until next season but um a couple housekeeping items make sure to go check out the YouTube. We're putting out a bunch of shorts and a bunch of cool videos. we got a cool video on the Mitch from Paula buck. That's coming out. Go check out the Instagram, the Facebook. If you're plus 65 years old, um, the TikTok. And Hey, we don't ever plug these things, but if you want to, they're nice. If you want a nice <laughs> leather patch hat, camo black with a uh, regular leather and black on black, go check out hunters of We got some, uh, cool merch.
1: Also, since this might be our last hunt talk and you're still listening, then that means you really like hunting. And so if you really like hunting and you really like us, uh, two things you could possibly do. Um, If you're thinking about maybe getting a lighter set of uh, climbing sticks or you're trying to get into the saddle game and you're wondering what to buy or what to possibly get, um, I would highly suggest Out on a Limb.
0: MFG uh, to MFG. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, you kind of want to take it over?
0: Sure. So you guys have probably been noticing in the last few podcasts, we've had ads for out on a limb. Um, they are our first official partner um, of Hunter's Advantage. We have been using out on a limb stuff for less five ish years. I'd like so. so that includes four and a half years of not being sponsored by them. Um, but there's a reason. There's a, there's a reason we use their stuff. It's hundred percent made in America. Matt's pretty much a genius when it comes to freaking fabricating thing with things with metal and lightweight stuff. They're based right here in Enid, Oklahoma. Everything is sourced and made in the USA and Matt's kind of want Matt and chance are awesome dudes, but Matt is one of those guys that gets in Facebook forums and leaves his personal phone number. If a customer has any kind of issues, you can call him at freaking one o'clock in the morning and he'll answer if it has to do with a tree stand or a climbing stick or a platform He's just one of those kind of guys and we want to support him and, and help them grow. So I use our Shakar sticks. Um, Jake's been using their podium platform all season. I've been using the Ridge runner 2.0 platform this season. They just got some awesome stuff on their website. We don't want to be pushy or salesy with you guys, but I promise you if you get stuff from Matt and chance that I don't know, you will not be, uh, you will not be disappointed.
1: Yeah. So I'm saying like, if you're a gearhead and you're worried about like if weight is an issue for you or if you're just, Kind of looking for something new, like I said, not trying to be pushy because you do what you want, it's your own money. But uh, I would, I would highly suggest it.
0: Yeah, and if you wanna, it. if you wanna support us and you do want to save a little bit of do some dough, make sure to use code HNTA10 at checkout. Once dough? Again, you mean Doe? D-O-U-G-A. <laughs> uh hnta10 at out on a limb mfg.com get you 10 percent off so that'll save you a little bit of dough there so anywho and we'll catch you guys in the next episode hopefully talking hopefully after we shoot some more deer yes hopefully hopefully after you shoot more deer i know you got to go this last weekend last weekend but i will
1: yeah that's an off podcast thing i will bye you just love you
0: Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.